The bliss of the abyss, it's here now. Welcome back to part two of The Bliss of the Abyss. On our last episode, our hero was counting mountain ranges. What will he do this time? Tune in every Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday for more TBOTA. You like it because it's on. What do you think that for a new tagline? You like it because it's on. Back to the Bliss of the Abyss, everybody. Here I am once again, and this time I'm in the studio. I'm in the booth because um, <clears throat> I'm going to be doing some recording this morning. So uh, it might sound a bit different. That's quite exciting, isn't it, for you audiophiles out there like I am. Um, I'm trying to G myself up. It's 9.54 in the morning. Got a lot of stuff to do today, and sometimes I don't want to. Sometimes I just want to start the day in bed. Spend the first few hours sort of lazing around, maybe making some kind of sarcastic comment here or there to Caitlin. She might get a bit annoyed at me because, you know, really, she's got to work more of a traditional nine to five, whereas I set my own hours. So I'll try and annoy her as much as possible. And um, once that, once that, uh, uh, once I've completely exhausted her kindness, I'll usually get up, make a coffee. And then in that intervening time, I'll probably come back with a coffee, therefore resetting her annoyance meter. Um, and I'll see if I can, you know, start annoying her again. Usually can, uh, usually can straight away, but um, sometimes might take me little bit of time to build up quite as much annoyance at me but you know i can make some i can make some ridiculous noise i can go or i can go do you know what i mean there's there's lots of things i can do uh, to really really rile her up and eventually she'll say okay enough and that will mean i'll have to go again which is you know it's a shame but um that's the situation we find ourselves in now here i am i'm in the booth i'm recording the second part of this episode of TBOTA and um, yeah I figured what the hell let's talk about the eustachian tube because that is a real situation that I don't think enough people know about so um, ever since I can remember uh, I've had sort of an itchy throat uh, pressure in my inner ear or as they call it actually the middle ear because um, I learned that the ear has an inner an outer and a middle and then attached to the ear is this weird thing called what's it called um it's the it's it's the part that's inside further in past the inner ear past the kick drum of the three bones that hammer out that sick beat that allows you to hear um there's this weird slug-like slug-like thing that's curled up and covered with four thousand different hairs of different lengths um which is pretty cool. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. So, ah, right, yeah. The cochlea. Cochlea. See, that's one of those things that um, I just sort of... I always knew the name for it. Or at least I've always, like, I've heard that name. I've been like, oh, yeah, yeah, the cochlea. I know, yeah, of course. So you've got that, uh, you've got this, and then there's the cochlea. Right, yeah, that's part of the ear. Uh, the cochlea. The cochlea. Cochlea. Cock? got a cock and you leer that's in your ear cock and you leer that's in your ear okay i'm not gonna uh bless you with my amazing rap today so unlucky i know i know you're all fans of when i go freestyle and then edit it together to make it sound like i've got better flow than i do 
But uh, today, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Eustachian Tube. Oh, Eustachian Tube, it's a wonderful sight. Eustachian Tube. Now, this is a small passageway that connects your throat to your middle ear. <laughs> the human body is so weird. It's like a little shortcut from your throat to your in to your middle ear. So it's a shortcut that leads you to a corridor, and then you're like, do I go inner, do I go outer? Because right now, I'm in the middle. Do I go inner? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, don't sing, don't rap. Okay, all right, fine, I'll try. Although, really, you're demanding quite a lot of me at this point. But, you know, you know, needs must, needs must, as the devil dusts. Uh, is that how it goes? Needs must, as the devil dusts. Definitely not. As the devil drives a hard bargain, I think it is. Um... You know, it's like, listen, mate, the devil drives a really hard bargain, so needs must. Um, what am I blathering on about? Good question, Roberto. So, um, what what was I telling you? I was telling you about the the uh, Eustachian tube. It's a wonderful tube. Um, by the way, for people who don't know what that is, uh, I'll come back to the Eustachian tube. Um, but when I was growing up, in our car. Um, I've spoken to Tom Leo, friend of the podcast, Tom Leo, friend of the podcast, Tom Leo, he is big, he is tall, he is fat, because he isn't small, friend of the podcast, Tom Leo, friend of the podcast, Tom Leo. Um, yeah, what was, I, what was I talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, when I was growing up in our car, we had um, uh, this, this cassette, because uh, I'm fucking 5,000 years old. And uh, and this cassette, which had um, uh, tr- this cassette, which had all of these songs, which were Australian ballads. So for some reason, I know about twenty different like Aussie folk songs, sort of from the late Victorian era and a little bit before, a little bit after that kind of. So it's like the 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 British, Irish, Scottish, etc. Settlers. The folk songs they either brought with them or adapted or came up with when they got there. So I know just a ton of these off by heart. Like, uh, with a ride'em, ride'em, rub-a-dub-dub, we'll send them all home in a lime juice tub. Send them all home in a lime juice tub. Um, or, there's a trek winding back to an old-fashioned check along the road to Gundagai. Um, where the bluebirds are blowing. Uh, I won't do all of them. Uh, although, it does make me think, how many can I... Uh, how many can I sing right off the top of my head without looking at it? Um, oh, you wear a long ball, it's a wonderful sight. With a tutu so frisky and dancing all night. And many there'll be who'll regret to recall them pokers you danced at, you wear a long ball. That's another one. Um, click, go the shears, boys, click, click, click. Oh, what is the flow and the shins move quick? The ringer looks around and he's waiting by a hoe And goes to see your baggy with a blue belly toe <laughs> I think I know more um, There's there's Waltzing Matilda, which we all know But then there's actually the far superior The band played Waltzing Matilda Which is an absolutely heartbreaking tune uh, The Pogues do a pretty good version of it Because Shane McGowan is so fucking destroyed at this point Um his voice is like so it's actually recorded a while ago he's he's a sort of if you thought keith richards was incredible for being alive look into shane mcgowan especially his teeth my god man my god man how do you do it 
Um, but they, the Pogues do an amazing uh, version um, of the band played Waltzing Matilda. And uh, it's, it's an incredible song about uh, someone going off to war, having their legs blown off, coming back, and nobody gives a fuck. And it's like, what were we fighting for? Uh, really good song. Um, what what other songs do I know? Oh, there's um in South Australia I was born. Heave away, haul away. I wish I got never been born down for South Australia when we go to the bank. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, the reason I bring up you are belong ball. How oh, you wear belong ball is because when I learned about the Eustachian tube, what's that? Let me remind you. It's a little passageway that connects the throat to the middle ear. Think of it as a passageway to the door of two ears. Do I go inner? Do I go outer? And that eustachian tube made me think of you are belong ball. Here we go. Nine hundred. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Nine hundred eighty-one views. Good for you, man. But like, the the audio fidelity was poor. Let's see what. Okay. Well, you get the idea. Um, so the Eustachian tube. Uh, is a, a small passageway that connects your throat to your middle ear. When you sneeze, swallow, or yawn, your eustachian tubes open. This keeps air pressure and fluid from building up inside your ear, but sometimes a eustachian tube might get plugged. This is called eustachian tube dysfunction. Uh, and I think I've got that because my whole life, like if I if I hold my nose and blow, you know, the, what they call in, in scuba diving, equalizing. If I equalize, down, bam, bam, boom, 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 world, the time has come to boom, 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 equalize. If I do it, I get. Did you hear that? Does the mic pick that up? Let me hold on. Let me turn up the mic. See if it will pick up. Oh. <laughs> oh my god that might be the worst content i've ever put out and that is vying vying among some true contenders here uh i like niche shows though do you know what i mean and i like to think mine is maybe the most niche show on the planet um yeah, so I've, I've always had that noise and uh, air floods out from my tear ducts. Now, does this happen to anybody else? Because uh, whenever I mention it to anyone, they look at me like I'm insane. And uh, they say they've never had that. They don't know anyone who's ever had that. So I'm, I've lived this whole life by myself. Um, yeah, it makes this weird noise, air what does it do? Air flies out from my eyeballs. And also, I need to sometimes do this. Make a scratchy noise like I'm a cat. And um, and by need to, I mean, uh, it makes me feel a little bit better. But I don't think it actually solves the problem. So, um, 
this is why you should get married because Caitlin <laughs> found out what was wrong with me because I just never fucking Googled it. So apparently I'm a complete moron um, and found out about this thing called the Eustachian Tube. You, station, tube. You, me, station, tube, together, partner. Um, and uh, and because of that, um, we looked into sort of what you can do to treat this problem, right? <clears throat> now, major interventions, surgery. They put a little cut in your inner ear, in your uh, in your inner ear. Which one was it? The middle ear or the outer? Probably the outer. In the eardrum, drum. Um, now, I don't know about you, but I'm not that keen on them slicing my drum. Yeah, only got one of them. Well, two actually, but you know what I mean. One on each ear, um, and them putting a little nick in it and then being like no we'll sew it back together it'll be just as good as new i know how that game goes thank you very much i'll pass on the little slice of the eardrum so what else do we have to do well you can use your throat sprays and your throat pastels and blah blah, 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 blah. all the crap i've been using for years which uh ameliorates is that the right word alleviates is the right word so it alleviates the symptoms but it doesn't treat the cause ameliorate how do i even spell that ameliorate make something bad or unsatisfactory better yes okay it does haha <laughs> ding 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 so although it although these treatments do ameliorate the symptoms um or maybe i should just say ameliorate oh shut up robert okay they don't actually solve anything so what other solutions are there? Well, I shall tell you because in the post this morning, I received, uh, actually, I haven't checked if I've received it yet. I should have received a, what's it called? Arriving tomorrow. Man, this is bullshit. <laughs> this 24-hour culture we've developed of uh, instant gratification is not good, is it? Arriving tomorrow, that's unacceptable. But what is it? It's now. It does say it's for treating ear glue. Now, I don't have, not ear glue, glue ear. <laughs> it's the Ottovent auto inflation device for glue ear. And on the front, <laughs> on the front of the packaging is it as a kid with like, she, she's a very nice looking little girl with freckles and lots of glue sort of spilling out of her ear, an expression on her face sort of like, you know it's so stupid it's positively brilliant but yeah yeah so it's got this it's got this picture of this child and then it's got this um sort of pictures of what the contraption is it looks a bit like you know like a light bulb but a light bulb that s stands sits you know like a light bulb but a light bulb that stands on a desk uh, and points upwards sometimes you see them in those big like weird things that you touch and the electricity comes to you it looks a bit like that but much smaller and then it's got some balloons and basically you stick the light bulb bit up your nose and then you blow in to this balloon so in effect i'm nose fluting my way to freedom um oh look there's a video what does she do nasal balloon auto inflation <laughs> 
Nasal balloon autoinflation is the technique of ventilating the middle ear via the eustachian tube using a purpose manufactured balloon. Oh, eustachian tube, it's a wonderful tube. Via the nose increases the pressure in the nasopharynx and opens the eustachian tubes, equalizing the middle ear pressures. This promotes drainage of middle ear effusions. Today we're going to try middle ear effusions, and then they get this poor little. A child to blow into a, a nose balloon as if it's going to solve all his problems, which maybe it will. Maybe. Come back to me, yeah? Come back to me. Come back to me uh, next week and see if my uh, eustachian tube's all, all nice and clean. You, station, tube. Not the rail station, not the bus station, the tube station. You, station, tube. Thank you very much. All on the mic. The bliss of the abyss. So I gave blood. Now I was sort of press ganged into this. Right? It wasn't my idea to give blood. Although I am a saint. But it wasn't my idea. It was Caitlin's idea that I give blood. Now let me explain a little bit so you don't think that I'm weirder than you already do, which at this point probably the horse has bolted. But nevertheless, let's give it a go. Caitlin has wanted to give blood for a long time because as a younger person, she was told that she wasn't allowed to give blood ever. And, uh, you know, no one likes to be told that, do they? Oi, so you can't do this ever again. I remember once I went to the dentist um, and I had to have a filling. And uh, <clears throat> the dentist uh, said, do you uh, do you eat chewing gum or, or nuts? And I went... I mean, occasionally? Yeah, sure. And he was like, oh, okay, right, well, you know, try and try not to eat them. And I was like, oh, okay, so for sort of, what, two weeks, four weeks? And he was like, oh, no, no, no. No, no, ever. <laughs> hey, buddy, I'm going to eat nuts, and you're going to eat these nuts. <laughs> Had to follow through on that one. Don't begrudge me it. Yes, it was low-hanging fruit. So low, I dug it up like the peanut, which grows underground. Um, but yeah, so she was told that uh, she couldn't give blood. And then when we looked into it sort of more recently, um, found out that actually, yeah, no, 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 you can. You can give blood. What, you want to give blood? Sure, you can give blood. Absolutely. You want to come and give blood? Come and give some blood. We'll take it, lady. Uh, so she booked an appointment. And then... Um, I don't know if you've heard, but the world's been a global pandemic. Not a big deal. Looks like it's over. Um, and uh, and because she's got psoriasis, sorry, I'm talking out of school here, but she knows and she's very open about this. So I'm not talking out of school at all. So I take the apology back 1000%. But um, because of that and the uh, pandemic, um, she was told that probably now is not the good time to give blood. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, so... Because of that, um, I'm giving blood. <laughs> and that's what being married is like. Listen, I told you the good side. I find out about the eustachian tube. I get a nose balloon, okay? None of that would have happened without little Catalina. Uh, now, on the negative side, I have to give blood. So, but it's, it's actually a win-win. You know, there are health benefits for giving blood for me and for the people who receive the blood. For me, I get the, uh, I get to... For me, I get to reduce any buildup of iron levels in my blood and organs. And for other people, they get my blood. Precious, precious vials of blood. Um. 
Hello. Angie. Yes. It's me. Hello. <laughs> Why are you ignoring Hi. my WhatsApp phone calls? Hmm. No, I well, I didn't. I'm in the bath. I just what? leapt out of the bath. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> leapt out of the bath to uh, answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and then you realise it's the least important thing to do. <laughs> um, no, okay. you're important. Oh, but you've got a nice hot bath waiting for you. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll let you get back to the bath. Um, no, 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 no. no wow, wow. <laughs> Can't be that good a bath. Either that or I'm exceptionally brilliant. You are. Pick your adventure. I would go with that one. So, um, how about we hang out tonight? That would be great. Yeah, absolutely. I just sent my fifth day test and release off. I hope to God I did this one properly. <laughs> did, you, did you screw up the last one? Well, it said it was unclear, the result. It must mean that I hadn't done it properly. Angie, you're not meant to put it up your bum. It's for your nose. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done one before, you know. Wow, you're Bloody a newbie. Hurt today. Bloody hurt today. I really shoved it up there. There we go. That means you've probably done it right. Oh, God, I hope so. I mean, it's, it's yeah. hard. You don't know what you're doing. I think, and they don't have very high accuracy. But anyway, we don't need to get into that. But uh, you just, you just sort of have to pass their system. Um, but they're usually pretty quick about that, so it should be good. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just about whether or not I did it properly. I think that's the thing. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the fact is, I've got absolutely no symptoms. I'm double vaccinated. I had my seventy-two hour one before I left. I haven't been exposed to anyone. I've had a mask on. I mean, it's just crazy. Such a show-off. Yeah, um, no. how's, uh, how's quarantining going? It's been okay, actually, because um, I've been really, really tired because it was so incredibly stressful once I made the decision to come here. Yeah. There were so many hoops to jump through and just been utterly exhausted and work and everything. So, um, And my birthday was nuts. Like, I yeah. was on the phone the entire time. <laughs> it was lovely. Lovely. Oh, that's nice, so yeah. many people phoning. I had to do time slots, Rob. I, well, I know. I tried to get through to you, and it was nigh on impossible. So I just sent you a message instead. It was. Just, I can't believe you're scheduling people. Anyway, darling, you can have the 346 to 351, but you'll have to be quick. It was like that. It was nuts. <laughs> Because as, and then then when the the British contingent sort of faded away somewhat, yeah. and the Canadian there we ones go. start lighting up across the pond. Angie, <laughs> Toronto calling, Vancouver on the phone. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. So what are we gonna what are we gonna do? Oh, by the way, happy birthday! I know I said it in text form, but now I actually get to say it in person form. Thank you very um, much. Um, I might have a little gift for you. Who knows? Who knows? Well, Who don't knows? worry about it. I haven't brought any presents for anyone. <laughs> well, you know, I'm the present. <laughs> <laughs> Your present is a present. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, so what, what should we do? I've got, I've got a big old lump of heroin with your name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> That's, I'm sure it's not cocaine. I'd rather have that. <laughs> so yeah, I'll 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 come to you. I've I've finished work. I think at like five thirty today. So oh, well, I'm um, not going anywhere, am I? Well, exactly. So um, I'll come down and I don't know. We'll have fun, right? Start yes, think. Excellent. Start thinking about things that you'd like to do, and let's hang out. Well, I need 
need you to look at my oh, iPad. Oh, Jesus, you're so much like my mum. Well, actually, <laughs> I actually need you to fix my iPad. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Think about the fun stuff. I'll have to do the iPad stuff anyway. Think about I'm the fun stuff. hanging out with you is the fun stuff. Mm, Press-up competition, you say. Okay, you're on. <laughs> How many times we can run up and down the stairs? I've been doing that a lot. <laughs> or jump in and out of the bath, indeed. Exactly. Um, the speed of light. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. All right, cool. I'll see you later, darling. So, love you. Catch you later. Love you too. Bye. Bye. What you doing? No. Nothing like rinsing the old family for some content. Um... Oh, Jeopardy. So Jeopardy fired their new host. Um, For my UK listeners, Jeopardy, if you don't know, is a game show, one of America's most fabulous and popular game shows. And weirdly enough, the theme tune is, uh, I'm a little teapot short and stout, basically. Tip me over and pour me out. It goes like that. Do, 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 do. Anyway, Alex Trebek, who hosted it for sort of like 40 years, um, recently uh, passed, RIP. And so they needed to get a new host. And obviously the uh, the internet screamed out that it should be this or that person, right? As the internet is one to do. But the people um, at, what is it, NBC, Sony, uh, people at Sony spoke and they said, no, 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 no. It's not going to be various popular celebrities that you think it should be. It's going to be Mike Richards. And everyone went, yeah, but who's Mike Richards? And Sony said, well, he's the executive producer. So naturally, he'll be a lovable type. That's what executive producers are. (laughs) You think producer, you think warm and fuzzy. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so they just sort of like, we're just like, well, look, look, we make the decisions. He's got the gig, <laughs> which seemed a bit weird considering he doesn't do hosting of any kind on TV. And now he's hosting the biggest game show. But there we go. It's his show to host. But he has now been canned, I think, three weeks into the job. Why? Well, let's find out. Sony had hired Mr. Richards as the permanent host of Jeopardy on August the 11th, calling him a, quote, unique talent, end quote. But Mr. Richards quit the hosting job on August 20th. Oh, so that's nine days. Days after a report by The Ringer, whatever that is, revealed offensive and sexist comments he had made on a podcast several years ago, the latest in a series of scandals that tarred his brief tenure. Series of scandals? What, in nine days? Who the fuck is this? Is this Scaramucci? Do you remember Scaramucci? Trump employed him as what? It was like director of communications or something. And within like the... He, he was fired within like nine days after sort of telling the world's press to eat his balls, <laughs> starting fights, leaking secrets, I don't know. And then turned against Trump and decided to call him the biggest asshole this side of Brooklyn. You know, that kind of thing. Um, so let's see. Let's see. What are the series of scandals here? Uh, so yes, after Trebek passed away from pancreatic cancer, one of the greatest RIP, one of the greatest jobs in television was available for the first time in 37 years. Wow. Imagine hosting a game show for 37 years. So Mr. Richards was, uh, was the new host. Critics didn't have to look very far. Because obviously it's rigged the contest. He's the executive producer and then he's the host. It's like, hmm, have you considered all the applicants? It's like the thing I said earlier in this podcast in part one, or is it part four, or is it part 15 now, about Glassdoor um, 
questions at the job interview. How's your dad? <laughs> um, under the retro feel-good surface of Jeopardy, the story continues. The succession battle is a story of television dwindling real estate in American life. This is by the nytimes.com, by the way. It's a little like choosing a pope, Mr. Jennings said in his first interview. Um, people take this very seriously. Okay. Where's the scandal? Come on. Where's the scandal? Where's the scandal? Where's the scandal? Let's go to theringer.com and see what what they broke. What happened? Where is it? What What did this guy say on a podcast however many years ago? A smile with sharp teeth. Mike Richards' rise to Jeopardy host sparks questions about his past. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, shit. Update. He has stepped down since the publication of this story. Ooh, okay. Shall we have a look? Shall we have a look? Shall we have a look and see what this is? Okay, okay. I think I found some of the scandal. Concerns about Richards extend to the Jeopardy staff. With a source close to the show telling the ring of the employees were blindsided by Sony's announcement and multiple sources describing how staff morale has deteriorated under Richard's watch as EP, executive producer. Interviews with sources from Sony, sources, um, Jeopardy, previous shows he's worked on, including Price is Right, Let's Make a Deal, paint a picture of a showrunner who could be exclusionary and dismissive of longtime show employees, as well as someone who wasn't shy about wanting to move in front of the camera. Says a former Deal employee who was at the show during Richard's tenure. When I worked there, it just seemed to be something everyone knew. Okay, so far, so little. In recent weeks, however, questions about Richard's have only intensified. Multiple lawsuits stating to his time as executive producer. What? What did they say? Lawsuits which were settled out of court. Focused on the mistreatment of female employees by Price's male leadership, including Richard's. He was originally named as a defendant, but it was dismissed before it settled. Hmm. Now, I mean, you can allege harassment. That doesn't mean anything actually happened. So what What actually happened? And then people say, well, why did he settle out of court? It's like, because probably it was cheaper. Being dragged through court costs everybody a hell of a lot of money, especially if you can't prove stuff. Um, and it's just it's just the lawyers getting rich. Nobody wants that, do they? Do they? Well, maybe the lawyers do, eh? Maybe the lawyers do. Right, come on, where is it? One suit was filed in 2010 by Brandy Cochran, who worked as a model on the show. Ugh, tough gig. Centred on the discrimination and harassment she said she experienced after becoming pregnant. Oh, yeah, they fired her. Yeah. The suit says that after Cochran informed Richards of her pregnancy, he said, Go figure, I fire five girls, what are the odds? To me, Cochrane understood that to mean that Richards would have selected her for layoff if he had known she was going to get pregnant. After giving birth, she learned that her contract had been terminated. Now, as much as I don't support what Richards said there or what he did, um, the fact is, if you're a model on a game show, you're not going to keep the job if you're heavily pregnant. I mean, that's just how TV works. Aside from anything else, I think the people at home viewing it would be distracted. You know, and the price is right, the models. It's not like they're in, they're in like, bikinis or whatever, although sometimes they are. But it, they're more sort of in glamorous dresses and they're showing off, like, cars. Like, or today, a brand new Gilbert oven. Gilbert? Is that a brand? No. Um, point being, uh, the, you know, the, the suits at Sony aren't going to be like, yeah, she can be heavily pregnant and doing that. And the American public at home are going to be like, why is she heavily pregnant as opposed to preparing to give birth? 
So I kind of, I, I get why she's upset, especially being fired afterwards. That's really shitty. And in America, if you don't have a job, you don't have health insurance, and it's just absolutely appalling. However, you shouldn't be that surprised if you're the model, if you're, what's her name, uh, Brandy, that they weren't that keen to have you on the show being pregnant. Maybe I'm misunderstanding that. Um, and certainly they shouldn't have fired her after. It's like, well, she's given birth now. Give her a job. Don't fire her just as she's got a newborn to look after. Don't be that heartless. Oh, oh, don't be that heartless. Mike Richards, which is weird that Mike Richards is cancelled because do you remember Michael Richards from Seinfeld? He got cancelled. And I have it on good authority. His best friends called him Mike. So seems like Mike Richards are out there getting gunned down left and right. Cochrane's law also, also detailed Richard's input on what the show's model should wear. Richard's decided that the model's skirt should be shorter and said that he liked the models to look as if they were going out on a date, the suit says. At his suggestions, models wore bikinis on the show more frequently. Uh, okay. Um, he denied, he denied this, okay. He emailed Jeopardy saying he denied it, okay. Well, then it's just he said, she said. I, I guess unless more people step forward... But wait, so what did he say? That they should look like they're going out on a date. Well, that makes sense for a game show, doesn't it? <laughs> Models should look frumpy, like they're staying in, eating popcorn and watching a movie with their loved ones. <laughs> Models should look vaguely homeless, as if they haven't bathed in a few days. Models on the show should have a sort of I've just been dragged through five hours of hell look. Like, of course they should look like they're going on a date. That's what, what are models for? What are you employed for? I've actually worked briefly <laughs> as a model. Uh, a few little times I've, I've been a model for, for, for a few small things. Always feel like a tit doing it. Um, and the problem is, is, is you, you know, you're a walking but not talking bendable mannequin and you get treated as such now if you're a supermodel obviously you get to set the terms a lot more but still you're just being photographed or videoed just to look a certain way with certain items on you or not on you am i right so it shouldn't really come as a surprise that they want you to look a certain way if you're a model you don't get to pick your wardrobe it's the gig you, you know you pick the gig the gig doesn't anyway and also, I've heard that in the model industry, the agents take a ruthlessly big cut of uh, of the earnings. Like, I, I don't know if this is true, but let's see. I heard that it was 60% commission for model agency. What is the standard? Um, 20%? Nah. Okay, 20%. Well, that's more than my agents, but um, 25% here. And then obviously, there's all the pay-to-play um, oh no, then there's 20% and then they pay and then there's 20% fees. Anyway, this is going down the model rabbit hole. Let's go back to Mike Richards' scandal, which apparently I care about. I, I No, why am I talking about this? I guess it's interesting. I want to know why this person lost this job, right? It's one of the biggest jobs in TV. Like, it would be the equivalent in the UK of, I guess, Mastermind. What's the show that's had the host for the longest it's not Millionaire. Imagine Tarrant had done Millionaire for 30 years and then it became available, right? Or, or we don't really have any other ones that 
Countdown was the big one, but then now since then they've done a lot back and forth. But it's like that. It's like a huge job. He was earning $16.5 million at the end. So it's a massive contract. It's one of America's most favorite game shows, prime time slot. So like, yeah, it's a big deal. I want to know why he lost the job nine days after getting it. And that's why I'm finding out. And uh, I'm just interested. So, so far, it's because he's told models they should look like they're wearing a date. Uh, wearing clothes like going out on a date and then um, there's the lawsuit but this isn't actually why he got fired right for that lawsuit this is just sort of adding fuel to the fire no pun intended okay quote Richards these were allegations made in employment disputes against the show I want you all to know I want you all to know that the way in which my comments and actions have been characterized in these complaints does not reflect the reality of who I am or how we work together on the price is right But sources who spoke to The Ringer, who were granted anonymity out of concern for potential retaliation, depict a different reality. Richard's statement does not align with several remarks he made. Ah, now here we are. Here we are. This is what we're here for. Richard's statement does not align with several remarks he made on The Random Show which he hosted from 2013 to 2014. A review of all 41 episodes of the podcast that were available online until Tuesday, oop, they're down, reveals that Richards repeatedly used offensive language and disparaged women's bodies. In an episode published on September 4th, 2014, after the iCloud photo hack, do you remember that? The Fappening, um, which exposed intimate images of numerous female celebrities. Were there any men? (laughs) Were there any men in it, though, eh? All right. I just wonder. Um, Richards asked his assistant and his co-host, both much younger women, yep, whether they had ever taken nude photos. When his co-host said that she had sometimes taken photos of herself when she thought she looked cute, Richards responded, like booby pictures? What are we looking at? Okay. Later, he asked to go through her phone. When she declined to share an image with him, he asked whether it was of boobies. Hold on, let's listen. Okay, let me ask you a question. Okay. Have you ever taken a nude picture? I'm not answering that question to you, Mike Richards. Answer it right now to your fans. <laughs> have not. you? I mean, I'm, no, I haven't. Yes, you I have. I have not, like, naked. I've taken, like, cute pictures of myself that I thought What does that mean? Cute. What does that know, mean? I don't know, I thought I was, like, so cute. <laughs> like, booby pictures? What are you looking at? That sounds like they're flirting and having a good silly time. I mean, I guess you could be like, it's so obvious she feels uncomfortable and like that's her boss or whatever. But it's like, well, then don't be a co-host on the podcast then. Um, that's just that doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like a serious offense. Shall I put it that way? Um but that's probably not the reason he's got fired, is it? On another 2014 episode, Richard said that one piece swimsuits make women look really frumpy and overweight, quote. Uh Okay. Echoing the portion of his lawsuit that mentions his preferences about swimwear. Yeah, preferences. Is he he not... Okay, is the thing is, he's not allowed to believe it or he's not allowed to express it. That I don't know. Hours after The Ringer asked Sony and Richard's agent about the random show, the audio of every episode was pulled down. Yes, and the podcast hosting site was deleted. Yes, that would make sense. Richard subsequently issued a statement. Ah, let's hear what he's got to say. Quote... It is humbling to confront a terribly embarrassing moment of misjudgment, thoughtlessness and insensitivity from nearly a decade ago. Looking back now, there is no excuse, of course, for the comments I made on this podcast, and I am deeply sorry. 
The podcast was intended to be a series of irreverent conversations between longtime friends who had a history of joking around. Even with the passage of time, it's more than clear that my attempts to be funny and provocative were not acceptable. And I have removed the episodes. My responsibilities today as a father, husband, and a public personality who speaks to many people through my role on television means I have substantial and serious obligations as a role model, and I intend to live up to them. Sony declined to comment. This can't be all of it. <laughs> that can't be the sum total of the accusations against him. Oh God, how have I escaped down a fucking cancel culture rabbit hole? Just do that quote again. It's humbling to confront a terribly embarrassing moment of misjudgment, thoughtlessness and insensitivity from a decade ago. There's no excuse for the comments I made. I just feel like he didn't say anything that even interesting, noteworthy. It's not like he said pro-Nazi shit or like, for example, okay, for example, I just read this crazy article in The Guardian and uh, trigger warning, because honestly, this is a bit triggering if you've been through any kind of sexual assault. But the headline is outrage after Ivory Coast TV presenter asked guests to simulate rape. Uh, host Eves, I think it's Eves de Mbella. Uh, apologies if I'm not pronouncing that properly, has been suspended, apologises for shocking viewers while, quote, trying to raise awareness. 37,500 complaints. Yeah. So, yeah, he has this person on and and asks a guest to, to simulate... He has an ex-rapist asking... And he asks this guest to simulate on a dummy how he would do it. And then the, the guy does it? Like, okay, that's so disgusting. They're so appalling. That's absolutely, abjectly horrific. Like, that is like... If I'd if that host had done that, I think he should said, it's humbling to confront a terribly embarrassing moment of misjudgment, thoughtlessness, and insensitivity. Now, that's what Michael Richards said. This host actually should have gone way further than that, in fact. And genuinely, like, it's not... It's not an embarrassing moment of misjudgment. No, 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 no. It's it's a horrific thing to do for people at home who aren't ready for it, for survivors of sexual assault who are just watching TV. Suddenly, not only is there an, a, quote, ex-rapist, whatever that means, once a rapist, always a rapist, in my opinion. You're not an ex-murderer. If you've murdered someone, you've murdered someone, right? So they're at home watching this, so that's great. And then they get this freaking guy to simulate on a, on a manic... I mean, it's so beyond the pale. It's so disgusting. It's, it makes you it makes me sick honestly but he's just been suspended whereas this guy said like booby pictures we'll be looking at and asking whether images was of her boobies is there anything else oh and he called women frumpy and overweight if they wear look frumpy and overweight if they wear one piece swimsuit is, is there anything else is there anything else please please let me find something that is insane i don't understand how who i mean who fired who? So this article goes on about how, you know, he was executive producer and, um, you know, he ran a tight ship. Basically, if you've worked in TV, that's what it, that's what they're basically saying. You know, he was strict. People, you know, were very much to time. Uh, it was his way or the highway. But that's what executive... That's, if you're in charge of a show like that, 
I think he might have been showrunner as well. I might be wrong, but it doesn't sound like anything um, anywhere approaching some like really brutal, horrible stuff. Oh, there he is. What's he like? As Johnny said, I'm Mike Richards, the executive producer of Jeopardy, and I'm hosting today and for the next two weeks to keep the greatest quiz show in the world going. We have some amazing mm. guest hosts coming that I can't wait for you to see. He looks like a serial killer. I'm not going to lie. Here in LA. Just kidding. Understandably a little reticent. Okay, 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 okay. Right, he's, he's, he's very bland. He's, he's like a Mr. TV kind of character. Um, what, what else did he say? Come on, let's have a look. This article is really long. In 2007, he auditioned to replace Bob Barker as the Price is Right's host when the iconic MC was preparing to retire. Quote from Roger Dobkovitz, a longtime producer. Of all the people we were trying out, he had the least professional experience. He knew all the right words to say, but he didn't bring anything special, personality or performance-wise, to the test show. His performance was compared to that of an eager student performing in a college show, putting on his best impersonation of what he thinks a game show host is. Right. That's what he looked like there. It was very, very sort of like bland. Here's another quote. A lot of people worked on the show. They didn't have a lot of love for him. So, again, where's the, where's the, where's the crime? Where's the big sin Multiple former employees said it was common knowledge he wanted to be host of Jeopardy. It was water cooler talk, yes. Someone said, I bet he hires himself. Yes. Okay, here we are. Back to the random show. Podcast named after a comedy show. Okay, yes, right. Guests on Price made appearances on the podcast as well, including Chrissy Teigen. Woohoo. Who has she still been cancelled or is she back? Come on, let's let's get some of the juice. Let's get some gossip. Right, let's get some gossip. The conversations among Richards, his co-host, and former assistant Beth Triffon, and occasionally Jen Bisgrove, the podcast producer, and Richards' assistant at the time, are freewheeling. Skipping between pop culture news, upcoming TV lineups, and the latest goings-on at Price, many have a gossipy edge, with Richards displaying a tendency to turn bawdy and sometimes vulgar. In one 2014 episode, Triffon discusses once working as a model at CES. Richards subs... Richard subsequently called her a booth hoe and booth slut. When the subject comes up again in a later conversation with Let's Make a Deal announcer Jonathan Mangum, both Mangum and Richards repeatedly call her a boothstitute. Ooh, that's a bad look. And to the point to where Beth got a job being a, was it a booth hoe? Is that right? Yes. At, at CES? It was a booth babe. I don't think yeah. they used the word hoe for that. Rinse. It's a booth babe. A booth, a booth slut is someone who dresses up in very provocative clothes. I was in a uh-huh. t-shirt. Well, so... uh, it, she was, in a, she was in a white t-shirt contest. Right. Okay. Well, again, it does sound like they're joking. I mean, I think he's probably pushing the envelope a little bit there, isn't he? But like... It, eh. It's not that bad, is it? Also, she did she did that job. She was a booth babe. <laughs> booth babe is fine, but once you go into booth ho, oh my god. <laughs> um, I mean, but yeah, so certainly it, that that has a little bit more of an edge to it, doesn't it? Right. Um, let's see. Trifon didn't respond to any requests to speak. Uh, neither did Bizgrove. So neither of these women are saying anything against this guy either. Which suggests to me that 
they both don't think this is a big deal. Bizgrove is now a production coordinator at Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Right. Okay. Picture starting to fill in a bit here. Women's bodies and clothing are recurring subjects for Richards. Okay, can I just say, if he's a, uh, a man who likes women, that's not that surprising, is it? Should we be surprised by that? It, it depends how he talks about them, but of course it's a recurring subject. It, it's like just the same it was a, a woman you know it, anyone who's a sexual being if you're asexual you're probably not going to talk about it but if you're sexual especially if you're like hypersexual or very sexual or whatever then of course you're going to talk about that stuff because that's what you're interested in it's like uh, an essential part of your biology if you have those drives if you're a horny randy kind of person well of course it's going to be a topic of conversation let's see what other crimes has this person committed on a 2013 episode he says that women quote dressed like a hooker on Halloween. On another, he tells a story about a former Price employee who had taken up banking. Quote, We said that we were going to have to saw her out of her room because she was going to be so giant she wouldn't be able to fit out the door. <clears throat> when discussing weight gain, Price announcer Gray says, There's a lot of guys that would not be entirely upset with a petite woman that's curvy. Richards repeatedly uses the term huskadoo. What? He's got all these, like... <laughs> he's got all these words that he's kind of invented himself... Uh, that people are like being really offended by, which I, I'm not sure what the lo the logistics of that, because it's um that's, I don't even know what huskadoo means. It's I mean it's obviously a play on words, but like because husky, um but like this is so fucking mild, mate. He saves his praise for Elizabeth Hasselback, former co-host of The View and Fox and Friends. She's like kind of my type, you know, blonde, good looking. <laughs> Why mention that? <laughs> Why mention that? After seeing a photo of Trifon standing by two friends at a lake, he says one-piece swimwear is, quote, genuinely unattractive, not good, not becoming, not flattering. And again, they quote the frumpy and overweight here, uh, which prompts the following exchange. Okay, okay, we now have some, some of the actual back and forth. Let's see if he's been horrible. Come on. Everyone's going to wear one-pieces and look really frumpy and overweight. Yeah. Yeah, he's now, being catty. Uh, that's so funny because... No one's overweight, but... But they all look right, terrible right. in the picture. Yeah, they look fat and, uh, and like, not good in the picture. It's bad. Oh, my God. You look great. Hilarious. You look like a Sports Illustrated model, and then you've got one-piece Malones on either side of you, <laughs> which are like, just horrible. I can't wait to meet my roommate, because she's literally going to be, like, walk up to you in, like, a bag and be like, hey. Hey, what's up? Hey, I'm wearing what's up? a smock. I'm wearing a smock. And I'm going to give her a smack. You ready for some news? <laughs> okay, that's, uh, that's going to sound real bad there, isn't it? I'm going to give her a smack. I mean, he's obviously rhyming, half rhyming smock and smack. And uh, he's obviously not serious about doing it. And she's laughing about it. But you know what? Time to say goodbye, Richards. Um, what do you think people will think when they find the archives of this podcast? Huh? What will I be cancelled for? What's the worst thing I've ever done? Uh, start the show. <laughs> Come on, let's find some more bad stuff. It's fine. You know, I like the way this article, which, by the way, is far too long, has it's softened us up as we've gone along, hasn't it? And every every allegation has been a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then what have we got now? There are multiple conversations in which Richards makes remarks about Triffin's height and appearance. He repeatedly calls her a derogatory term for little people. Ooh. Uh, both that word and the R word, 
which Richards uses in a January 2014 episode, are considered slurs. Oh, dear. In the podcast's third episode, Trifon discusses some acting roles she's auditioned for. Richards says she should try out for Taiwanese roles because of her height. Right. Okay, so Taiwanese people are short, according to this guy. He's getting more dodgy, isn't he? Bringing ethnic stuff in. It's never a good never a good look for a, a white cis male. Um, in another episode, after Gray makes a non-specific comment about big noses, Richards jumps in. Ixnay's on the Oznay, he says. She's not an UJ. Okay, another ethnic thing there. He's coming at my tribe. Which means definitely cancel. Now he's come to me? My thing? That's a crime against him. <laughs> So that's, that's my problem with this stuff is often a lot of the time it's like you're not offended until it's like, oh, but he mentioned something about Jews, therefore, just because I'm Jewish. It's like, no, 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 no. He's saying Jews have big noses, right? Well, that's a commonly held stereotype. My nose is quite large. <laughs> it's not the most offensive. You can say a lot more offensive thing about Jews than that, can't you? Huh? Stop thinking about them. I know what you're doing in your head right now. Stop it, you bigot. Richards also makes disparaging comments about Trifon's economic status. Oh, God. So he's a rich guy who's rubbing it in. During an episode in which Trifon discusses problems at her apartment, he says, Does Beth live like in Haiti? Doesn't it sound like that? Like the urine smell, the woman in the moo-moo, the stray cats? Oh, boy. This is just some privileged asshole who has been in a position of power for a long time. He's got comfortable there and he doesn't think the woke mob are going to come for him. And guess what? They did. That's what it sounds like to me. In another episode, Trifon talks about losing her job, says she qualified for unemployment insurance, benefits totaling 389 a week. Richard says the dangerous side about the crack that you... The dangerous side about the crack that you just took is that not everyone is like you. But everyone can collect unemployment, which is why we have so many people on unemployment right now, which is why we have so many people on food stamps. Because what if you got unemployed and food stamps? You'd be like, good Lord, I'm making, you know what I'm saying? No, I don't know what you're saying. He goes on to ask, do you feel dirty? Seriously, I'm not trying to be mean. Do you feel a little dirty? That is mean. See, I don't want to make this a political show. I know. Because here's the thing with Beth, is that I know that you're hardworking and I know that you're out there trying to get stuff going. Mm Mm-hmm. The dangerous side about the crack right. that you just took mm-hmm. is that not everyone is like you. Com- yeah. Mm-hmm. But everyone can collect unemployment, which is why we have what? so many people on unemployment right now. Not everyone can. Which is why we have so many people mm-hmm. on food stamps. Because what if you got unemployment and food stamps? You'd be like, good Lord, I make, you know what I'm saying? Oh, this is that classic Republican talking point of like, they're getting rich off unemployment. <laughs> It's like, really, dude? Really? Are they? Sure they are. That's right. This is some serious ivory tower shit right now. Um, Yeah, so just to make it clear, I don't feel sorry uh, for Michael Richards. Mike Richards? Or Michael Richards. Michael Richards was, that was way, way more fucked up what he did on stage. If you haven't seen that video, Jesus Christ, does that man unleash a racist tirade that seems to have a really, really nasty edge to it. You can see why he, yes, for sure. This guy is just an asshole. He's a privileged asshole. Um, and he's he's got some regressive conservative attitudes about a lot of social issues that I have completely the opposite attitude towards. Like I, I would never use the R word to describe someone. Um, 
I'm not going to disparage someone because they're poor. Um, and I'm not going to make ethnic jokes about them like that, especially if I don't know them or say they should try out for roles because uh, for or say they should try out for Taiwanese roles because they're short. By the way, as well, Taiwanese roles like so specific. Trust me, <laughs> working in the in the acting industry, it's like you do get these specific castings from time to time. But a lot of the time it's just like Asian female age this you know, and they will be that broad. Sometimes they'll be that specific, like Taiwanese, must speak Taiwanese, have a Taiwanese accent or, you know, something like that because they want to they want to be like verite. But a lot of the time it's pretty bland. And that's why a lot of Hollywood stuff is like kind of misses it. I, I think they're getting better at representation now. But like I was watching The Mummy again recently, the other day, the original Mummy with Brendan Fraser. And uh, do you remember Anak Sunamun? Oh my God, she was so hot. See, okay, proof. There we go. See, look, proof. Sorry, I can't help it. She is hot. Like, I was sitting there watching it with Caitlin, my beautiful wife, who also agreed that she was hot. And Brendan Fraser's hot at some points in it. I mean, some points he's really smouldering. But, like, am I not allowed to have that opinion? And if I am allowed to say or think she's hot, then by default, that is saying, I, I you know, I can help then by default, I also am saying, if I don't say this so other, then by default, I'm also saying that other people are not as hot or not hot in my opinion. Like you, you can't have hotness without the reverse of hotness, the inverse of hotness. <laughs> Good point, Robert. That was really blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm very different from this guy, but I still don't think sort of... Let's see what else. Oh, we've got another clip. Here we go. Let's see what he's got to say about homelessness. Let me guess. What is a dollar to me? I mean, it's a lot. But, but uh, I'm, I'm guessing if we compared our ratios, it's it's like $1,000 to me. You know what? Whenever I think I want to keep a dollar, I'm Asshole. like, no, give the dollar. That's to a homeless know. person. Was right. this the government's unemployment money that you're... Um, oh my god! Well, I don't know because I'm not getting that much anymore because I'm in the play. Oh damn you, Obama! Don't you start? No, that that's amazing. If you gave away money that was given to you by the government, is that the best is best story ever told. Over is, is it over now? That's literally Jen, the, hit the music. Cut. That's the circle of no life. No, Mike, oh, it was just the sound of America going down the toilet. I oh, thought that she geez. needed it so she could get like some She didn't even ask some you food. for it. Or I, some crack. I know. Or some meth. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Okay, this guy's a complete asshole. That's what it is. That's what it is. You know, he's... Okay. This probably made him a good producer, by the way, in TV. I, I bet he... If he was ever first AD, I bet he ran that tight ship. Because that's what you have to do. You have to be an asshole. Richard himself has recently received government assistance. <laughs> According to Small Business Administration data made available, um, a consultancy incorporated in 2018, which he's a CEO for, received a federal paycheck loan for $127,906, so specific, in May 2020, 2020, as well as a COVID-19 economic injury disaster loan for $150,000. Uh, yes. Okay. So to end on a um, a positive here, 
Richard's podcast comment about the unhoused stand in contrast to the actions of his Jeopardy host predecessor. One of Trebek's last major gifts was $500,000 to the Hope of the Valley Rescue Mission, to which the show contributed an additional $250,000. The organisation is building the 107-bedroom Trebek Centre to provide shelter to those in need. That's how you do it, people. That's how you do it. Classy. Stay classy. Although the show should have at least matched him. Like, he gives 500 grand, a man, and the show, Jeopardy, gives 250. You can't match him for his donation. That is, you know, well, two things from that. Alex Trebek, absolute legend, rest in peace. And Mike Richards, seemingly a douchebag. And uh, quite frankly, did he deserve the Jeopardy show? No. It was that's cronyism, being the executive producer and then suddenly expressing interest and then suddenly getting the job straight away. That's that's not really fair. So he didn't get it on merit. Uh, but he did work at, on the show for, for many, many years. Hard. Worked hard at the show. It's a difficult job, I'm sure. Uh, he didn't start out in charge. You know what I mean? You work your way up the ladder. That side, production side of things, you either know someone, you almost always know someone, um, which means you don't start at the bottom as what they call a runner, or you don't know someone, which means you start at the bottom as they call a runner, and you work your way up. And it's based on merit and hard work and long hours. So presumably he was very good at his job or he wouldn't have been in that position for so long. Did he deserve to be the host of Jeopardy? No. Once he got the job, however, did he deserve to be fired for those comments? I don't know. What do you think? We've gone through it now together. What do you think? I I find this stuff very difficult to work out. Um, It's like... (laughs) <laughs> this is the bliss of the abyss, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. Why not talk about it? Like, okay. Does he deserve to be suspended? Why don't we start there? Shall we say a suspension would be appropriate? It's hard to know. I mean, what was it? So it's not a decade ago. He said a decade ago, just to make it sound even further away. But it is eight years ago at this point, seven years ago, that he made these comments on a stupid podcast with his friends where he's joking around. So what we actually find out is that he's revealing some of his true personality. And some of his true personality seems to be pretty conservative views on a whole host of things, especially with regards to women. He's like vaguely misogynistic in a kind of like privileged, rich way, Uh, conservative, you know, expecting them to sort of like dress like whores but be angels that all that horrible misogynistic stuff he seems to have some of that he disparages the homeless quite clearly uh and he's obviously got a word to say about various different ethnicities and you know he made some jokes i didn't bother getting to about like oh finally a white guy on tv right so he's got he's got some bees in his bonnet that are conservative shares uh you know making a joke about obama you can probably infer that he's a republican i think that's probably safe to say so those are the things does that mean he should be fired from the job i'm not saying yes or no by the way that's a rhetorical it's not a rhetorical question that's a genuine open question does that mean that he should lose the job i don't know why do i care about it i don't know i just find it interesting is that good journalism as well 
Or is that muckraking? Why do they want him to be fired? That's the question. And and how does this stuff happen so regularly that people get jobs? Like, does anyone know the Shane Gillis story? He got the job at Saturday Night Live and then they trawled through some of his podcast episodes and found something he'd said and got him fired. It's a weird type of journalism, isn't it? As soon as someone gets a job, I better fucking take down the whole of Bliss of the Abyss. As soon as I get the job, they're going to trawl through and be like, what did he say? How can I get him fired? Why would you do that to someone? Why would that be your job? Why would you want to do that? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. It doesn't seem like it's contributing towards the good. And and the other thing people say, which I kind of agree with, but I'm not sure if I fully agree with, is that do they learn if you fire them, you know? Or do they just do they just see the world turning against them? Does it does it in reinforce their beliefs about these things? Like hmm, what do you think? What do you think? Would a suspension, you know, a telling off, a slap on the wrist, slap across the face, punch in the guts, would that do better than just being completely cut loose? Cut loose, cut loose. I don't know. Now, it's um, it's hard to feel sympathy for him. He's obviously not a particularly sympathetic character. But But let's put that aside because that's, you know, again, this is emotions, right? It's like, well, does he deserve to lose his job? He didn't, if he'd have said these things at work, right, on Jeopardy, at The Price is Right, on the set, that's a different thing, right? That's workplace harassment, in effect, and uh, it's also a blurring of boundaries there between roles. But he's, if he's on a podcast that is just idiots joking around, and hey, we get to find out some of his views and... Guess what? They're a bit right-wing, for sure, and regressive. What's one got to do with the other? Is he the host of Jeopardy because of his skills? Because the team decided he should be? Or is he host because of his views and opinions? Jeopardy is just a game show. It doesn't matter what his views and opinions are. I mean, do we know about the views and opinions of any other hosts? Does it matter? Like, if I put on what's the, what's his name drew drew carey does um the price is right right if i watch the price is right should i know what drew carey thinks about abortion should i know how much tax he paid right should i find out whether or not he's in favor of low traffic networks and if he is then i'm i'm against him not entirely convinced the answer is yes anyway I don't have I don't have all the answers here. I think I've got some ideas of the answers. I, I'm really interested in this because it's a, such an interesting modern phenomenon. This witch hunt thing where people lose their jobs for things they said 10 years ago. To my mind, I don't think this has really happened before in history. Uh, partly because you couldn't really dig up stuff in the same way and certainly not stuff that could be verified. You've got audio of this guy saying this stuff. So it's irrefutable that he said it. Obviously, taken out of context, it sounds worse than it is as well. So if you have a podcast with friends joking around, have you ever sat with your mates joking around, trying to make them laugh? If they don't laugh, what do you do? Do you give up sometimes? 
do you try and push a bit further sometimes, right? To try and get the joke. It's mates. That's what you do. Now, am I assuming too, too, too fond, too? Am I being too generous in my assumptions about his character and their relationship in terms of them working together but being friends? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know it. It to me, it speaks volumes that neither of them wanted to comment. But who knows? Anyway, um, Sony uh, heard you might have an opening for a new gig. You know, I'm just saying, a bit of fresh blood. You know, there's never been a British host of Jeopardy. Okay, double Jeopardy. See, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can sing. Hey, you could be the. You could have the first singing host of Jeopardy, right? Roman numerals for two hundred, right? Listen, I won't put on the shitty accent. I'll just be a Brit. I'll just be a Brit. British Jeopardy. All right, welcome to British Jeopardy. Fucking hell, you can win ten quid if you want cup of tea. Yeah, see, I can bring some of that. I can bring some of that energy to it. What do you think? What do you think, Sony? Will you give me a chance? The bliss of the abyss. Well, that was the show today. Bit of a different one. Uh, went off on a number of tangents, hey, didn't we? So this is, you know, this is the bliss of the abyss. This is what this is what I do here, right? It's going to be exactly the kind of show that it is every week. We're going to have a new segment coming up soon called Nils Distilled. <laughs> we get little uh, thought pieces if I haven't been cancelled for, for whatever um before then um where we're going to have we're going to trial a new segment which is going to be interesting so if you've heard this and you would like to take part in nils distilled please get in touch with the show you can email me or if you know me you can get in touch through my social medias or the public facing social medias if you don't know me keep me at arm's length i've got some really fun guests coming up actually if they'll get back to me um but some really interesting fun conversations should be coming your way and of course occasionally i'll do these solo episodes they're not usually this long and i don't usually go into these type of topics so this will be a bit of an interesting different one but that being said i do have to say i come at this project this bliss of the abyss project with love and open-hearted honesty and trying to give you a fucking laugh a good time some hope some joy maybe make you think as well all the good stuff make you laugh make you cry make you sweat make you die you know that's all i'm trying to do i am 100 percent honest about that open-hearted that is me that's who i am and from the bottom of my heart from every person who's listened to this to my patreon supporters thank you so much guys it means the world to me and just everyone who's been left a nice review who's who's sent me a message who's who's kept me going throughout this really crazy period of my life thank you very much please keep coming back i'll keep doing this if you keep coming back and if you don't come back i'll still keep doing it but it won't be quite as fun it might be weirder in which case maybe i'll grow an audience and then it'll be bigger but if you left me i'll never forgive you and i'll never forget never forgive never forget never forgive never forget you have been listening to the blissly bits my name's robin umark jones i love you very much goodbye Thanks for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed it, please give us five stars and consider becoming a subscriber and maybe even supporting us on Patreon. Really, really, really helps me continue making this show. Uh, if you haven't enjoyed it, then you can fuck off. 
Many, many thanks to Nils Hennis-Steer for the amazing music and to Dave Fox for the cool artwork. Please keep coming back every week for more Bliss of the Abyss. one.